Joining us now, he is the tournament director for the World Amateur down in Myrtle Beach. Scott Tomasolo joins us. Scott, what's going on, my man? Oh, just another beautiful day in sunny Myrtle Beach. Mm, isn't it awesome? I mean, we've had a lot of rain. We've had some mild temperatures, but it's nice to get some dry, warm days, isn't it? It's good. You know, we had a great weekend. I'm sitting here. It's 68 and sunny right now. I should Perfect. be uh, hitting a little nine after work. I think so, but... Ooh, I like that. I like. I, I miss doing that. Me too. Uh, Used to play five days a week after work. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. That, that's when the handicap was a little bit lower than it is now. <laughs> so once again, it is time for the uh, the Myrtle Beach World Amateur, and uh, you guys are now open for registration, right? That's right. We opened up last week. We got five hundred and some odd entries in the first day which just speaks to the magnitude of this event that's fantastic you know, we're gonna we're obviously expecting over three thousand people again this year 60 host courses you know myrtle beach is the only place that this can happen and, and we love putting it on for people yeah mm, man 160 you know 160 or so days out um and uh last year's event was obviously a great success what was the final tally in terms of players last year we were at 3,200 last year. We're hoping to get about 3,300 uh, 3, this year. I'm sorry. You know, we had all 50 states represented. We had you know, a group of 50 from Germany. We had 25 countries represented. So it really was, you know, the mecca of the golf universe for that week. Yeah, it's almost easier at this point to say which, which countries haven't showed up yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Maybe Antarctica or uh, the North Pole somewhere. <laughs> John Q. Seal is waiting to show up from Antarctica. Scott, how do you market to those guys overseas? How do you do that? I mean, it, you know, we've got a lot of uh, tour operators, so you know, a lot of people organize trips to various points across the U.S. So mm -hmm. we've got some good partners in places like Portugal, Germany. Uh, we've got some friends in Australia, so they market the event on our behalf and they put together a nice package for everybody. So. You know, it makes it easy on us, but obviously, you know, I think the event sells itself. When you have such a great value and such a great place, you know, it makes my job a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, August 26th through the 30th this year. Um, uh, I'm assuming 19th hole still in full effect. Uh, what are the golf courses this year? How many golf courses are you putting into play? Yeah, we're using uh, 60 golf courses. Uh, we'll be at the Die Club for our championship uh, Friday round again. You know, Myrtle Beach having top 100 layouts, it's obviously a great place to host the tournament. The 19th hole, like you mentioned, open bar, free food, live entertainment. I mean, just because you don't play well on the course doesn't mean you can't let loose at night, right? That is true. That is true. I, I mean, I've always said that, uh, you know, if you play a bad round or two, you could always just, uh, you know, you could drink it away at the 19th hole and, uh, you know, stay there as late as you possibly can, and then you don't have to worry about it. You'll be nice and loose for the next morning, right? You just you just got to keep it in uh, in reason. You know, if you get a little too much in, you might make it even worse the next day. <laughs> well, it might be worse, but you might not care right. at that point. Yeah. You that's know? right. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, you know, this is such an awesome tournament. You know, one of the things that I think you guys do the best, because this is a net tournament, there, there, you know, there is a gross division, um, and you still have the team competition going on as well. Um, is you guys really monitor so the sandbagging is kept to an absolute bare minimum? Yeah, we do what we can. Obviously, it's never going to be a perfect system, but, you know, we're trying to be as uh, proactive as possible in all regards. So, you know, we, we opened up the gross division a few years back, which has been very well received. If you just want to play straight up and you have that caliber, you're more than welcome to. 
you know, we also have the just for fun division now. So if you don't care about keeping score, you aren't really looking to, to win the whole thing. That's no big deal either. But obviously our bread and butter is with the competitive net divisions for, you know, the regular everyday golfer. But, you know, there are those people out there that try to do what they can to get around those uh, precautionary measures. But at the end of the day, we just try to keep it an equitable playing field. And I think we do a pretty good job, but, uh, you know, just come and check it out for yourself and, and I think everybody will be wanting to come back. Yeah, Scott, what people may not realize is how tight those net uh, flights are. I mean, within 0.2, 0.3 of each other, that's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you can have sandbagging, but it's going to be tough to do that when it's that tight, right? Yeah, and it is. I mean, when you when you talk about the, the highest population of golfers, you know, if you're 55 years old and you attend handicap, you are the everyday golfer in, in our tournament, so you're playing against people of that exact ability, you know, it's tough to really set yourself apart. Obviously, you do have to play to other win. That's kind of what we like to mirror in the PGA Tour, just because you have a handicap. You still got to play well at the end of those 17 right. holes. Yeah. All right, so last year, the celebrities included uh, Charlie Reimer, Damon Hack, Paige Sparanak, Chantal McCabe, Katrick and McGinnis, and Eva Mattia Lawrence. Uh, what do you got on tap this year? Music, celebrities? Uh, you getting? You, can you let go of any of those uh, yet? I, I'll give you a few. I know Paige Sporanic will be there. John McGinnis, Brian Casey, they'll definitely be in town. Charlie Reimer actually now works for Play Golf Myrtle Beach, so he's now kind of our brand ambassador in-house. We're happy to have him here living in Myrtle Beach, but that's big news for us. Uh, but I'll have to keep you stay tuned for some of our uh, – future headliner yeah i know you guys have always you're always working on something aren't you and we got we got to keep you guys enticed for a little while <laughs> come on it's just us just the, the three of us <laughs> and about you know 20 30 40 000 more people yeah, yeah right. it's just, just no us yeah, no, big oh, no big deal no big deal <laughs> So how does this thing kind of build? I mean, you know, I, I think I'm out on the site right now, and I see 843 people have already signed up. You said 500 pretty much right after it opened up. Um, number one, do you ever cap this thing? I mean, what would be the, the max that you could fit at all 60 of these courses? And uh, when does the swell kind of hit? Yeah, I mean, the swell will hit, actually. It's funny, right around the Masters weekend. Everybody's all amped up because yeah. they're watching the Masters. They get signed up. So we'll get about 2,000 signed up uh, right through that middle of April time frame out of our 33-some-odd hundred. But, you know, behind the scenes when it comes to operations, you know, we've got 34 courses set to host every single day. So when it comes down to a 3,400 right now is theoretically our max, but that's just because that's what we're planning for. You know, because we have a multitude of courses readily available, that, that number really never gets capped. It's just more of a, a good problem to have in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, excuse me, course ABC. We're gonna need you for a couple days. We're gonna need you guys to just push your tee times back a little bit, yeah. and uh, we'll just team up over there. Exactly. So yeah, we've got we've got that ability, which is great. But thirty four courses per day, you know, that makes it uh, thirty four hundred is our goal. We hope to have everybody. Nice. Uh, so, how many flights did you have last year? Last year was 65 with our newest just for fun, making that final 65. So this year will probably be about 66. Um, most of those are our net divisions. Like I said, you know, about 90% of that is made up through competitive net divisions. What does it take to win a division? Just so, you know, if people out there have never experienced it, they've never really gone out there and taken a look. I mean, this is 100% handicapped net. I mean, you know, if you're going to be competitive in a flight, I mean, obviously you probably got to get under par. What, what is it usually to take to win a flight? 
you know, a couple under is, is typically what it takes. There's a there's a myth that we don't have time to get into that, you know, people shoot way under the handicap in order to win their flight. But, you know, that's a common uh, myth in the handicapped event world. You know, we like to say that you're going to shoot a couple under your course ratings for the week, which is exactly what par is in a net event. So I'll rephrase and say, you know, a few under your course ratings probably about as good as you need to do. I was looking at the sixty. I'm in the sixty to sixty nine year old bracket, Scott, and those those numbers that I was looking at were pretty impressive, man. I mean, I saw a two seventy six and a two seventy four, and, and some of those things. That's 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 pretty good golf over four days. Exactly, and that's that's the point that that needs to be made to most golfers who you know when they keep a handicap, they're just typing in numbers. They don't know what it means, what it does, but when you look at it, two seventy six is probably exactly what the course rating is mm-hmm. for a golfer of that age and that ability so for us that really is like a par mm-hmm. the other thing too that i want our listeners to understand is when you get to the final round and you take all of the flight winners and they go tee it up and play the final um there's really not been you know an advantage for one flight over another flight i mean you've had a an unbelievable mixture of winners over the years haven't you it is. I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up. You know, 35 years so far, we've had every scope and spectrum, men, women, high handicappers, low handicappers, you know, anywhere from, I believe, a three was our lowest all the way to a 30.3, I think, was our highest. But, you know, the, the best part about that final day isn't just if you can win it, which obviously would be icing on the cake, but, you know, when you get there, that's when you really are treated like a tour player. We've got the giant monster board with the scores all set up. We've got player hospitality in the clubhouse with fine dining, you know, drinks out on the course. It, it really is something that you're not going to get at your member guest any day of the week. Scott, um, how, how, how much bigger can this get? You're on 60 courses now. Do you have others lined up later on to, to maybe host uh, more golfers, or, or is it kind of maxed out where it is? I mean, you say from 3,200 last year to 3,400 this year. Um, where does that number go in 2025, for instance? Have yeah, you... I mean, obviously we'd love to get it you know, bigger and better every year. Yeah. We've hovered around that 3,300 number for quite a while, mm-hmm. but we've really focused on two demographics to try and grow this game because we'd love to see golf as a whole get bigger, mm-hmm. and that, that really comes from our younger demographic and the women. You know, we – we need to get this game younger and get more younger folks playing. So that's where we've been focusing a lot of our marketing on because, you know, obviously these older guys have, have kept around and been so loyal to us, but we need them to pass it down to their kids. Um, we've got the golf courses for them if they want to play. So, like I said, that's not a problem. If we got to 4,000, we would make it work. Mm, yeah, so, you know, what are the ages? What's the lowest age you've had enter and uh, the, the, uh, the oldest that you've had enter? We do keep it to 17 and over just from a uh, – from a golf and handicap perspective, it's tough for juniors out there to play uh, in a net division. They're always just getting so much better. But, you know, from 17 to, to 87, we've actually had a 92-year-old play for many years. Uh, well, he got older every year, I guess. But, uh, you know, 17 is about when your handicap will start to flatten out, as, as most junior golfers can attest to. So that's, that's really where we start. And, and you know, the, the fresh out the young uh, professionals is exactly where we think we can grow the most. And that's the biggest opportunity. Do we, do we still have anybody hanging on that's played in every single one of them? We do. We have six Amazing. players who have played in all 35, and they just all of them got signed up the very first day for their 36. <laughs> that's just so cool. Unbelievable. So cool. All right, so, Scott, where does everybody need to go if they haven't signed up yet? Where do they need to go to sign up? 
Check out MyrtleBeachWorldAmateur.com. I promise you it'll be the best value you've ever spent on any golf tournament. Early entries, 535, four rounds of golf, open bar every night, and just a blast. You'll make plenty of friends along the way. MyrtleBeachWorldAmateur.com. All right. Well, Scott, man, we always enjoy talking to you, and I'm sure we'll touch base with you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.